You're listening to a leadership message from Pastor Jurgen Matesius here at Awaken Church. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Title my message for those who are taking notes and you know want to go to heaven and be highly favored. Uh, the title of my message this morning is is just really simple. Up think, up think. I was thinking of the word enlarge, and, I, and I, as I was praying around enlarge, God says you can't enlarge till you upthink, till you, till you up your thinking. So come with me, Isaiah 55, verse 8. If, if, there's, if there's one ch- chapter in Isaiah that would be my favorite chapter of Isaiah, it's Isaiah 55. The entire chapter just drips with gold, just drips with gold. If you're a preacher and you're ever struggling, what do I preach on a Sunday? Shoot, it's Saturday night, midnight, and I've got nothing. Just go to Isaiah 55 and there's flipping gold in there. It's like every verse is like, that's a sermon, that's a message, that's a message. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says this. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, or sorry, excuse me, nor are your ways my ways says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now, God is not saying that, you know, from a position of heaven going, nah, 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 nah. He's not doing that. God is actually, God is actually trying to reveal a conundrum that you and I live in or at least He's trying to unveil a reality that was never intended originally. Originally, we were meant to think God's thoughts after him. And originally, we were meant to walk in God's ways with him. Let me just say that again. We were meant to, it's a little bit slow in here this morning, but let me just, we were meant to think God's thoughts after him and we're meant to walk in God's ways with him. That was God's original intention. Then obviously, you know, sin came in and there was a separation. And so now God is saying, I want you to see the disparity. I want you to see that my thoughts aren't your thoughts and that your ways aren't my ways. So he begins with his thoughts, our thoughts. But then when he's landed at our thoughts, he, he, he exposes your ways are not our ways. The, the ways of men is different to the ways of God. The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. Whereas we think if someone's yelling at us, we just got to yell louder over the top of them. That's not what the Bible teaches because his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. So God wants to elevate our lives. I found, I found in my life that, that my life enlarged, my life became kissed with the lips of heaven, as I began to make a decision that I had 18 years of thinking my thoughts and therefore walking in my ways, but it was chaos, it was disorder, it was dysfunction, it was, it was a mess, it had remorse, it had everywhere you looked, there was a trail of destruction. So I made a decision when I got saved that I wanted to know his heart, but as, as I began to know his heart, the Holy Spirit began to reveal his thoughts. 
And as the Holy Spirit began to reveal his, reveal his thoughts, I began to see his ways. The Bible says this in Psalm 103. It says that, that, that the Lord showed the children of Israel his works, but Moses knew his ways. So the children of Israel only knew God by the things he did. Moses knew God by who he was. The children of Israel saw God drown the Egyptians in the sea. They saw God bring water out of a rock. They saw the cloud by day. They saw, the, they saw God by what he did. The children of Israel knew God by his works, but Moses knew God by his ways. When you know God by his ways, you don't live in aftermath. Moses knew beforehand how God would respond. So, so when, when people were piping off, when, people, when there was dissension in the ranks, and he heard the sons of Korah, and he, and he saw, the Bible says that Moses and Aaron fell on their face, and Moses turns to Aaron and says, quick, quick, run. Run to the altar. Grab, grab your, your incense, put some coals of fire on it, put some incense on it, take the censer, take your censer, put incense fire, and then run and, and make atonement before the Lord because the plague will have already, because I know God, because I know God's ways. And so Aaron gets up and he runs to the altar. He gets in, he's got his censer and he's throwing the coals on it. He's putting incense on it and then he runs. And as he's running, people are dying like dominoes as the plague is broken out. And he gets just ahead of it and then he stands there like this. And the judgment of God has to stop because he's making atonement as the high priest. Moses knew God's ways. At Awakened Church, our, 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 our goal and our agenda is that every time you sit in the Word, we refuse to let the world, we refuse to let the devil, we refuse to let the spirit of this age, we refuse to let the culture set the thermostat on what we teach. We understand that there's some persecution. We understand that you know there's some labeling and mislabeling and all that kind of stuff, but but I, but I, I, I really don't care about the, the judgments of men as much as the fact that I have to give an account to God. And so, so we know that on a Sunday when you come in here, the most important thing and the most powerful thing that we can do is teach the word of God to put you on a path to upthink. If you want to upgrade your life, if you want to upscale your life, it's very, very simple. Begin to upthink. As you begin to think his thoughts. Now, how many people know Jeremiah 29, 11? It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Notice God doesn't just think thoughts about you. He thinks thoughts toward you. God is spirit. And so his spirit is continually 24 hours a day, 365, just like our radio stations. Right now, right now in the air, there are, there are airwaves. There are, there are transmission. If you brought a transistor radio in, yes. I mean, you could, you could go through all the different stations 
And all of a sudden, you find that this, it, the, the, the transition just picks up what's in the invisible atmosphere. That's the same as God. God is thinking thoughts towards you. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Good thoughts, not even to give you a future and a hope. However, the world that we live in, Satan has determined, because he knows the parables, that he wants, to, he wants to so violate and defile the soil that the soil is, becomes toxic. It is that the, the earth, the ground, the Adama, the soil, has a toxicity that it, that, it, that, it, that, it, that it rejects the word of God. That's, that's what Satan does. He, he so contaminates the soils of men. Harvard University used to be a university that trained ministers of the gospel. It trained ministers for the work of the ministry. Today it is still training ministers but not for the gospel. It is training ministers of wickedness, ministers of unrighteousness, ministers of humanism, ministers of perversion, because Satan wants to overthrow. He wants his agenda to move forward, but we're here to push back on that. So, so God says that my, 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 my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are your ways my ways. The Bible says when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. God wants to elevate you and I into a higher thinking so that we walk in greater ways. So come with me really quickly. Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, God says to Abram, Genesis 12, one and two, God says to Abram, 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 get out of your country, away from your family and out of your father's house. And go to a land of which I will show you. And there I will make of you a great nation. And there I will make of you a great nation. I, I, was, I, was, I was puzzled. I was perplexed why God would send me to Power Ministry School in Borkham Hills, Sydney, three and a half hours drive from Wollongong, to go to Bible college when our church in Wollongong had a Bible college. I mean, Bible college, Bible college, like what's the difference? I had no idea. But God was just trying to say, it's part of this thing you and I call trust, which is also spelt faith. You can't have faith and not trust. Trust and faith are almost identical in the kingdom. And so then I, then I, then I go to, to, to this Bible college, which had double the tuition fees and no guarantee of a job. So at the end of the Bible college, there are two options. One, to stay in Australia, be a youth pastor on the Gold Coast at Assemblies of God, Palm Beach. I'm like, that's Jesus. My, my, literally, the, 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 the pastor showed me my office window looking straight across onto Palm Beach. I'm like, that's Jesus. Could sneak out for a surf, come back still get my work done. How, how, how the Lord is this, Pastor State? I'm like, that's the Lord. The other one was to go to Manukau City, the armpit of the universe. And I'm thinking, that's the devil. This one's... And so God says, no, no, you're going you're gonna to go to Manukau City. You're going to leave the country that you've grown up in now, Australia, and you're going to go to another land with a different culture, with different paradigms, with different mindsets. And I was perplexed as to why God wouldn't make it easier. But I had no idea that 
God was speaking to Abram and he was saying, son, you don't realize for me to make you what I need to make you, I need to expose you to, to things. I need to break off from you three things. I need to break off the, the influence of your country. That every country has a culture. Every ethnos is the, the word in, in the New Testament. Every ethnicity has a certain culture. People say, well, that's just the Asian culture. Wow, we love the Italian culture. Man, we love the French culture. They, they love their food and they love their... And so, so every, every ethnicity, every country has a culture. And God's saying, I'm going to get out of your country, away from your family, what is familiar. Because families have a culture. And he says, and out of your father's house, out of your tribe, out of, out of the culture of the generational thinking, I'm going to be breaking generational mindsets. Things are passed down generationally. There's a book called The Cure. And in, in The Cure, uh, the, the, the author, who's a doctor, says that we think that, that heart disease and uh, high blood pressure and all of these things are passed on genetically, biologically. He says they're not. He says what's passed on is traditions. We have rich breakfasts with, you know, lots of sugars and maple syrup and all that and fried foods. And, and then we wonder why we have the same as Uncle Joe and, and you know, Papa had this and Grandpapa had this. And, it's, and, and so, so doctors will say, well, it's biological, but it's not. He says it's actually learned. It's actually adopted paradigms around tradition because this is how we've always eaten. So God is saying to Abraham, I need to get you out and expose you to something new. The great danger in church is that, that people come in and, you know, they don't want to hear something new. They don't want to hear in San Diego a church that moves in the Holy Ghost. They don't want to hear in San Diego a church that speaks on finances every week. They don't want to hear in San Diego that we elevate females, that we elevate our wives, we elevate women to also preach in the platform. And then they, they cite broke, you know, broken scriptures or scriptures out of context that a woman shouldn't teach. She shouldn't have authority over a man. She's under my authority. Every woman that stands in this platform, not one of them stands in rebellion or in defiance or independent. Everyone comes under from my authority to speak into because every healthy house has a mama's voice and a papa's voice. The papa sets the, and the Mama brings the heart, and you need both in every house. You need both in every house. And so, so, so God wants to, to bring you to a higher way of living. Ever since we started thinking God's thoughts, ever since we started thinking, man, we're just going to walk in the, what the Bible says. The Bible has the last, last voice. The Bible has the last word. Let his words become the meditation of our heart. I found that we've elevated living in his ways and it has brought peace everywhere. It has brought prosperity everywhere. The blessing, the blessing that we see in the 15 years of this church advancing, flourishing, increasing, taking territory. I'm just not that good. I'm just not that clever. I'm just not that bright. Uh, I know it's, it's just simply we are experiencing God's ways because we've made a decision. Devil, you ain't telling us our thoughts. We have made a decision that when God says it, we believe it and that settles it. When God says it, we believe it and that settles it. 
you will find the greatest thing you can do to upscale your life, to upgrade your life to, is to begin to upthink your life. Exchange your thoughts for his thoughts. And you'll find yourself walking in ways that'll bring you peace, it'll bring you prosperity. So even when betrayal comes your way, you can bless in the middle of that and feel good. Feel no animus, feel no anger, feel no resentment, but able to bless. And then almost also also be able to pray for people that have hurt you or wounded you. It's, it's what a joy, what an amazing life you get to live when you just make a decision. I'm not going to allow the world to pull down my thoughts and pull me away from his ways. I want to walk in heaven. I want to walk with heavenly thoughts, with a heavenly mindset, with a heavenly perspective, with a heavenly culture, with heavenly results, with a heavenly reality. And you can do it if you'll exchange your thoughts. So somebody say up, think. Up thing. So uh, you've heard the story, and I'm going to just share a few quick stories. Uh, in in uh, 1998, we're flying back from Monaco City, New Zealand, and we're flying to Sydney, Australia. And it just so happened that Pastor Phil Pringle was on that flight. It was just like this a crazy coincidence. And so we're going there literally to serve him. It's like, wow, how did this work out? Incredible. And so we're on the, on the flight. And I remember as we're coming into Sydney and I'm seeing the, the beautiful Sydney Harbour Bridge and the Opera House, and it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's one of the most stunning harbours and one of the most prettiest, pristine cities in all the world. And my heart leapt like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. But as, we're, as I was thinking that, and you're maybe 10 minutes or less from, from landing at, at um, Sydney Airport, the Holy Spirit whispered so clearly, and I always know when it's the Holy Spirit because it's such a left field word. It's like, and the Holy Spirit said to me, Yerks, when you get to Sydney, don't become like Sydney. And I'm like, what? It was like, it was like almost like this lament. It was almost like this, 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 this grief, like a plea. Yerks, when you get to Sydney, please don't become like Sydney. We land. You know, and then after about three or four years, I, like at first, I loved the difference in thinking. I love that they don't think the way that the people in Manukau think. Where, where we grew up in, or where we spent our first seven years in ministry in New Zealand was filled with poverty and poverty mindsets. And here there was prosperity, there was increase. But then we also began to see the downside a lot of that, that people put their trust in their their wealth and their materialism and and what they were wearing and labels and all kinds of, and, and I began to see that even though we were enjoying a season of prosperity, there was still so much defilements that was, but there was still, even though it was prosperity that lined up with heaven, there was still dynamics there that, were, that fell short of the way that God thought. And then the Holy Spirit began to, to show me that the goal of every single church is to make earth look like heaven. Thy kingdom come and so that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the, the objection of bringing the kingdom into the earth is so that the, the, here it looks like heaven. Your life should look more and more like heaven the more that you walk with God and the more that this gets into your life. The more that this gets into you, the more your life will reflect a heavenly reality. We're not here just to help people eke out a life in San Diego. We're here to transform San Diego. We're here to transform Salt Lake City. We're here to give people a heavenly reality 
while they're on the earth so that the neighbors drive by and say, man, I was taught evolution in school. I didn't even know if I believe in God. You know, how do they know that their God's so true? But I cannot deny they, that, that heaven is real because I see it in my neighbors. I see it in their blessing. I see it in their smiles. I see it in their children. I see it in their son, Holton, hitting a home run at the, you know, if his parents weren't superb athletes, if that wasn't enough, Hammer's got to rub it in my face. Look how awesome my kids are to you. He's always rubbing it. And heavenly realities. So, so it was kind of like this, this, this amazing moment where God was kind of pulling back the veils to show me that every, every place has a culture. But the goal is we're, we're here not to build a San Diego culture. We love a San Diego culture. We love America. Everything in the American culture that lines up with kingdom, I'm championing. America has a, has a wonderful honor culture. The, the, the people that are in, in Washington at the moment don't have an honor culture. They have a culture of dishonor. And so they know that, you know, the way to defile and desecrate is to dishonor. Satan lost his place or Lucifer lost his place in heaven because of dishonor. Wherever there is dishonor, nothing good ever comes out of it. So what I love about America, it has a culture of honor. We honor our flag. We honor our troops. We honor our vets. We honor the fallen. We, over Memorial Day, I, I love that in our church, there were so many posts and so many comments of people saying they love the patriotism. They love the honor that we have here. It is right. It is a right thing. It is a right thing that we honor beautiful Summer Peterson for 15 years of faithfulness, for 15 years of service, leaving everything leaving everything behind in Australia and coming over here. And, uh, and I intentionally didn't tell her that she had a job. Intentionally didn't tell her. Now I had her already lined up because summer is just too good not to put uh, to the playoff. But I'm telling you, she is amazing. And, uh, but I couldn't tell her because I needed her to come in faith. And she came in faith. There was no promise. There was no guarantee. But she came in faith and has not looked back since the first day that she got here. So God wants to elevate our life. Now, what's interesting is Australia was founded. Can you remember the date? Captain Cook discovered Australia, 1778. Good girl. So America is 1776. Two years younger than America is Australia, 1778. The difference is Australia was settled by convicts. America was settled by pilgrims. Today, even in Australia, there, there, there's, 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 there's mindsets that I call convict mentalities. So, so here, here you get automatic refills. When you go to a restaurant, they give you a refill. Not in Australia. In Australia, you're trying to flag them down and, you know, it's almost like, man, you should just be lucky that you're getting something to eat. The first time I took, um, took our team to Australia, Dr. Matt was sitting at, uh, I'm trying to think, what was, Blue Water Cafe on, on Manly Beach, and uh, we're all getting burgers. It's lunchtime, and so Dr. Matt says, hey, you know what kind of cheese is on the burger? And the guy goes, oh, I don't know, cheddar. And Dr. Matt goes, oh, you know, is there any way I can get, you know, Swiss instead of cheddar? Nah, nah, chef doesn't, chef doesn't like to mess with the menu. And I had to grab his arm and said, well, he's not really messing with the menu. Instead of opening the cheddar, he's just going to open the Swiss. <laughs> he's like, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no. All Aussies, yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. 
I'll, I'll have to check with him. And so we're, we're like, so he's, he's ticked, thinking, oh, we're just going to let it slide. So he gets all ticked and indignant. He, 15 minutes later, he comes back and says, yeah, all right, chef will put Swiss on there, but it's an extra 10 bucks. <laughs> and he would have been having a conniption that, yeah, here are these yanks, because they have a convict mentality. It's, it's over 200 years ago, 240 years ago, but the problem is things are passed down. The only way you can, you can upgrade your life, the only way that heaven can come is you've got to understand that his thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways aren't his ways. However, God says you can have access to my ways because I've given you access to my thoughts. If you will just come saying, God, this is what I think, but nevertheless, they will be, if, if you just come saying, God, this is what I think, but what does your word say? What do you say? And if you will replace your thoughts with his thoughts, you will upgrade, you will upthink, you will upscale your life every single time. Just before we moved to America, because we had, you know, little baby Tommy, my, my beautiful little boy, he was just a little tyke. And so it, it was awesome because Leanne always wanted a, uh, a people mover, that's what they call them in Australia, but it's like a, you know, uh, a minivan. So we got, a, we got a, a Kia Grand Carnival. Do you remember that? A Kia Grand Carnival. Because we didn't know. We didn't know that Phil Pring was going to call us into his office and say, move to, move to San Diego. We didn't know that. So I bought a, so, so I negotiate and Christian McCudden's younger brother, Matt, was working at Kia. So we go in there and we negotiate and, and uh, get all the financing. And, I, uh, you know, we paid, I think it was like 40-something thousand. I paid half of it in cash and the other half, you know, we financed. And, and, and so the bank, you know, gave us the, the car loan and everything. So on the Friday, everything was, everything was done. And they said, yeah, 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 we'll give you a call probably Monday. Give you a call Monday. So paid 20-something thousand in cash. The other 20-something thousand was financed. It was all approved on the Friday. I said, yeah, we'll give you a call Monday. Monday comes, no call. Tuesday, no call. Wednesday, oh, yeah, 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 we should have called you yesterday. Yeah, completely forgot. Yeah, your car's ready. You can come in and get it. So we can come and get it. Fast forward. We now live in America. We now moved to America, and I've, I've uh, rented from Alamo Car Rentals a Fort, big Ford Expedition. We're loving it. There's a bit of a gas guzzler, and two weeks into this, Leanne's like, oh, man, we're paying how much every day? Every day we're paying you know, $48 or whatever it was to rent the car every single day. She goes, man, I just think we just need to buy our own car. So I get lost on the freeway. I end up at Kalberger Dodge on the, on the 8. I'm thinking I'm on the 15 somewhere, but I'm so lost. I'm on the 8, <laughs> and I just see Kalberger Dodge, so I take the exit and you know, go to Kalberger Dodge. We have no idea that when we get there, uh, the, 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 uh, they, the sales guy recognizes we're from Australia. He goes, oh, you're from Australia? Our, our finance manager is from Australia. You've got to come and meet Andrew. So we meet Andrew. He's from Toowoomba, and he just loves us. He goes, mate, how long have you been here? We're like, oh, you know, like just two weeks. He goes, oh, you're going to have no credit. I'm like, oh, no, I've got really great credit card. He goes, it doesn't work over here. So we sit down, and, and he says, if I was to fill out this form traditionally, your interest rate on a loan would be 28%. So he intentionally left some things out. He got it down to about 10%. So what I loved was we got a better car than we had in Australia. We got a Dodge Grand Caravan. 
It was 2005. We got a 2005 Dodge Grand Caravan for $16,000. I think I had 20 and he gave it to us for 16. I didn't even have to do Evil Negotiator. He just kind of did that for us. And, and I'm like, in Australia, the reason was it was so cheap was because it was used because they'd already released the 2000, 2006. In Australia, you can't get the 2006 till 2006. But America, God bless America, in 2005, you can buy a 2006 because we're just so awesome. Ah, oh, it's just so amazing. We transcend time here, Leanne said. So, <clears throat> so true story. So I put, I put, uh, I think I put 8,000 of it, half of it on my American Express saying, listen, you know, next week, next week, our money's coming from Australia. Everything's just, you know, kind of held up and taking some time. We've got money coming from Australia and I'll come in and, you know, and I'll pay the rest and, you know, do the thing. And, uh, and, he's, and he said to me, no, no, don't keep the loan. I said, well, I'll pay it off with an, I said, no, he said, don't. He goes, it's the best way to, to keep, to build credit. Just make the payments on time every month. Try and do it for the next couple of years because it's the best way to, to build credit. So anyway, we're like, okay, thank you so much. Oh, man, that's fine. We'll sign everything. We get up to walk out. As I walk out, the door goes, hey, hey, hey. And he comes chasing me and he goes, here's your keys. I said, no, no, I've got my keys to the Ford Expedition. He goes, no, 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 to your new car. I said, well, we haven't paid for it. He goes, what do you mean you haven't paid? I said, well, I just put eight grand on a credit card and you just filled out, we signed for financing, but no, because in Australia, they wouldn't let us pick up the car till the money had gone into the account and cleared, then you can have the car. And he just looks at me, he goes, mate, this is America, we trust you. <laughs> and Leanne hadn't got her license yet. And so he had to kind of do a little bit of a legal jig. <laughs> she didn't have her American license, excuse me, her American license. She did have an Aussie license, that's true. She was 12. <laughs> yes, so naughty. But watch this. So, so in Australia, watch this, convict mentality, convict mentality, even though I put half the money down and financed the other half, they said, you can't pick up the keys until it clears in our account, then you can take the car. Here, I put money on a credit card and the banks fight and you walk out with the keys on the same day. That doesn't happen in Australia. It's, but both of them came out of England, only two years apart, but two completely different mindsets. Two completely different mindsets. I remember the first time I went to McDonald's and I look and I see the, the, the drink fountain on the outside. In Australia, there's the counter and the drinks are here. We, we guard you peasants from the, the, the soda. But in, and I, I'm standing at McDonald's going, oh my God, oh my God, what's, like, everyone's got access to this. And then the guy in front of me, like, I'm just like looking going, oh, this is, I wonder if they know. I wonder if they even realize. Like I've got like unrestricted, oh, I could sit here all day. What if I sat here all day and I just kept filling it up? And I'm doing the numbers in my head because, you know, it's about, you know, $100 for a soda in Australia. No, if I'm, but I'm doing the number. I could, I could have like 50 sodas, 250 bucks. Five dollars. I'm thinking. So I'm doing this. So anyway, the guy in front of me, um, he goes, "I'll have a, you know, I'll have a Big Mac, you know, a meal, 
And, uh, and the girl goes, you know, do you want to, um, do you want to supersize that or upsize that? And, uh, and I'm like, don't do it, man. Don't do it. Just, just go up. Just go up more times. Go up. And he goes, yeah, sure. I'm like, oh, idiot. <laughs> and so then I get up. I'll have a Big Mac meal like him. She goes, you want up? Not a chance. Give me the small. I'm just going to. So, I, you know, I'm going up like three or four times. And this guy's just, you know, he's got this, you know, big bucket of soda. Let me just tell you this. Our, our, our. Large in Australia, if you get a large soda in Australia, it's, it's the size of a medium over here. Then we have large and then we have supersized, which is like a bucket. The only, the only one that's bigger that Bloomfield took off the market is where you get it intravenously just fed into your arm. <laughs> so, so I'm watching, you know, and I'm sitting next to this guy and we've both got our Big Mac combos. He, he only drinks about a third. And then he takes his cup and he throws it in the, he throws it in the truck. I've got my little cup, you know, and I'm running back and forth, you know, back and forward. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh man, you know what I could do? I could take, I could take like his straw out and put my straw in. Yeah, I'm glad you're all doing ooh, because the Holy Spirit did the same ooh. And he goes, Yerks, you flipping, you got a poverty mentality. You have a, and it was like this exposure of this poverty mentality. I'm like, oh, shoot, I've got a poverty mentality. I've got, I've got to finish because I'm over time. Let me, let me really quickly give you two quick last thoughts. One of the most dramatic shifts that happened in my life was when we were living in Manukau City, New Zealand, we had an opportunity to raise $10,000 for our youth group. And we were to go to St. Helier's Bay. There was a, uh, uh, the son of one of Auckland's biggest property developers had bought a home and it was quite derelict, but it was right up on the cliffs overlooking the Hairaki Gulf, uh, Brown Island, right up to Waiheke Island. I mean, it's just stunning, like ocean views to the hills. And so they needed somebody to come and clear all the land. There was all this debris and all this junk and everything. So... We, we, we'll, we'll do it. So $10,000 done for a day's work. Hello. So we went and did it as a youth group. Well, just after lunch, he wanted to come and see the progress. And so the, the manager that he'd hired, young guy says, hey, listen, you know, the boss would like to meet you. So I meet him and he was the same age as me. Uh, I was 27. He was 27. But I'm in, you know, obviously work clothes, feeling a little bit. And he gets out of this brand new seven series BMW, but he's in the backseat because he has a driver. He gets out. His shoes were, were worth more than all of the, the clothes hanging in my, my wardrobe at home. He had a, a suit on. He was same age, same age. And he reached out and he shook my hand. I was like, oh, my God. You know, and I just felt so. And he's like, thank you so much. You know, I said, oh, man, congratulations. You know, once we get it all cleaned up, you know, what a beautiful home. He goes, oh, no, no. He goes, I'm going to be knocking it down. And we just bought our home in Waddle Downs for $110,000. He spent $850,000 on this one and he's knocking it down. So I was kind of like smacked in the face. So I said, to, I said to the manager after he left, I said, he's, hang on. I said, he's going to, yeah, he's going to knock it down. He's probably going to put a million into it to build something custom with, you know, glass windows and, you know, glass sliding doors that just look out onto the view and put like a, back then a vanishing edge, zero edge pool and, you know, 
And I said, so, so he's going to spend $1.8 million? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, what will it be worth when, when it's finished? He goes, probably four and a half, five million. I remember driving home thinking, Frank, how easy it is for the rich to make money. Because he's got 1.85 million that he can just buy this, this rundown property in this amazing location. So I'm driving out to the Coromandel, so where we, Auckland's quite thin, and the West Coast is always bombarded by swell, and the surf isn't quite as good as the East Coast. So there's a swell. So I'm driving to the East Coast, the Coromandel. As I'm driving there, I'm listening to the Bible on tape, and it gets to the parable of the talents. And you know the story, five, two, and one. The guy with five goes and trades, produces five more. The guy with two trades, produces two more. The guy with one buries what he has in the ground. The master calls account. Well done, good and faithful servant. Take charge of 10 cities. Well done, good and faithful servant. Take charge of four cities. You wicked, lazy servant. Take the one from him and give it to the guy who's got 10. What? He's already got 10. Why would you do that? Because I don't think like you people think on earth. To him who has faithfulness, more will be given to him who does not have faithfulness. Even what he has will be taken away. So I hit eject and I'm like, I'm in the car by myself. I'm going to have another one of these moments where I have it out with God. And I said, God, I said, what the fudge? I said, here I am serving you, but my dad disowns me. I work for a freaking church that pays me peanuts. I said, I'm that one talent loser. I'm that one talent guy. The guy that I just, we just did that project for, he's a five talent guy and he can take 1.8 million and he can double it like that and be a multi-millionaire just like that, just in one transaction. And here I am just struggling. And God showed me how out of fear, I didn't have, we didn't have any money to play. So I was telling God, well, I'm so poor, I can't invest, I can't invest. And the Holy Spirit gave me, a game-changing piece of advice that I want to finish with for you. He, he helped me upthink my life, and I'm telling you, it upgraded everything in my life. Today, Leanne and I own six properties. One of those properties we just bought for my dad, who was the guy who disowned me and said, not one cent, you will not get one cent because you're leaving engineering to go to Bible college, completely disowned me. And to his, to his honor, did not give us one cent of support. But how beautiful that the, the, the son that he disowned and abandoned was the son who was able to buy him a beautiful two-bedroom apartment overlooking the beautiful Pacific Ocean on the Gold Coast that he lives in that I provide for him. So the Holy Spirit said this. He said, yep, Yerkes, right now it's true. You're a one-talent guy. He said, but what was the mistake of the guy with the one talent? So well, he flipping buried it. And I said, God, I can understand. I don't, have, I don't have any money. I don't have any play money. Like if I lose, we don't eat. We... And he says, no, no. He says, you're 100% right. He goes, but why didn't the guy with the one go and meet with the guy with the two or, you know, the turn it into four and with the guy with the five and turn it into 10 and say, hey, where are you guys investing? Oh, dude, you got to invest your money here. We've been doubling our money. He said he could have come and invested there and sure, one becomes two, but hang on, didn't the second guy start with two talents? He says, and then if he would have invested again, now it's four. Invest a third time, it's now eight. He's now almost at the place where the guy with five, he says, you can almost become 
like this property developer's son, it may take you one or two steps longer, but what do you got to lose? You got everything to gain. And it was such, it was such a game changer that I literally drove home absolutely repentant. I mean, I can't even remember if the surf was any good, but it was like I had a moment with God where I realized if I would upthink my life, I would upgrade everything. The world has death. It has death in its mindsets. It has death in its culture. It has death limits and ceilings in its paradigms. But there is life in God's word. There is life in God's thoughts. There, are, there is life in if you will reject earth's ways and take heaven's ways, you will upgrade your life. Can somebody say amen? I mean, come on, you stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. I'm way over time. Pastor Summer's doing this. I always know. I mean, big boo-boo when she does that. Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Say out loud after me. Say, Heavenly Father, today I choose to upthink my life. I reject the devil, the spirit of this world, the culture to have the final say. Heavenly Father, I declare your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word makes me wiser than my instructors. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.